Greetings, travelers, and welcome to just another side quest. Tonight, Randall, James, and Aaron will be discussing Titanfall 2, the beta for Grounded, and the delay of Halo Infinite. Join us for episode 14. Hello and welcome to Just Another Side Quest. I'm Randall and joining me tonight is... Aaron! And James. Welcome, guys. It's good to be back. It's good it's to like be we back. somewhere, but didn't actually go anywhere. Yeah, I mean, this time... It's only been a week, so... Not quite the same. We're back as it was last time. But we're actually back. For another week of it. Another week. Another week of playing games. How's your week been going, Randy? It's been good. Uh, the best kind of busy. Um, looking forward to some, some, some downtime. But went out and yeah. did some mountain biking with the family and. Ooh, very nice. So that was that was a lot of fun. Go out and do something, some activity. You know, naturally, your your distance from from everyone and most of the people I'm out with are uh, you know people I work with or live with. So. Wasn't a big deal anyway, but it's nice to get some fresh air up on the mountain. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being cooped up inside. Uh it's definitely got me screen fatigued. Mm-hmm. Eye tired. Something like that. That's what was nice about it is I, I like I, I played some games this week, but it was definitely interspersed with uh working on the the old classic car and you know, mountain biking and and things of that nature uh, in between. So it really helps to kind of break it up. But I also have a more of a blue collar job than, than you do. So, you know, you guys, I imagine are in front of screens, the better part of 10 hours a day. I <laughs> bump those numbers up, uh, probably 12 to 16. If you count like all leisure time. Uh, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> it's like you get up, sit down at the computer, work, in front of the computer all day. Then in the evening, play games in front of the computer. And it's like, ah, okay, time to go to bed. And then I pull my phone out, and then I'm on that screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there's no break. So real question, do you guys use those uh, those gamer glasses that they have that block out some of the, the blue light or whatever? Does I did. I did. I got a pair of those back in college, actually. Um, did that but... work? Yeah, I, I think they do. Um, I, I had a friend at the time who we both decided to get them at the same time. And he, he used when he was using them, um, he actually noticed a, like he stopped getting headaches towards the other day. He would realize the headaches were attributing to the, the monitor use, the computer use, um, yeah. for when, particularly when we were doing like gaming heavy days. Um, I don't get that kind uh, headaches from that kind of eye strain, but I don't use them as much now because I'm not wearing contacts as often now because i have to wear glasses yeah, um and i hard. don't want to get at least a prescription pair do they make they make prescription pairs, pairs. i just didn't, cool. at the time I, I was wearing contacts so much more that i didn't want to go ahead and invest in that because of wearing glasses more often now it would be worthwhile probably for me to consider investing into a pair that yeah. is that that does have that kind of considerations i have uh, a pair of glasses as well but i'm not typically wearing glasses so they're kind of uncomfortable just 
I'm not used to wearing them. Uh, so sometimes if my eyes are getting tired, I'll, I'll put them on. I notice like a little bit of a difference. It's not that big. Um, probably need to wear them more for the effect to kick in. Uh, but I don't get headaches. It's usually just some more straightforward basic fatigue at looking at the screen. Mm -hmm. To be honest, I feel more eye fatigue when I wear heavy makeup more often than from just from oh, screens. Really? Yeah, I can feel it more often in that way. I don't know why. In what way? Like, is is makeup actually affecting your eye? Like, do your eyes feel drier or is it <laughs> yes. they're heavier? They're, uh, like eyelids are just working harder? Some types of makeup, if you're first first time you use them, if you don't haven't used it before, or the, um, you don't know that they're going to irritate your eyes. If they like, if any of the dust or anything like that, mm. particularly stuff that goes around your eyes, oh. there are certain makeups that you just can't use. But that's far, <laughs> far from what we're actually here to talk about. No, it's important. It's important. What makeups are gonna make you an elite gamer, and which ones are gonna just completely poop you out? Uh, a really sharp eye wing to just cut my opponents down. Oh, oh, <laughs> it's the sharpness actually like it sharpens my focus. It sharpens your focus. I see. I see. That's very important. It's kind of like the gaming glasses if they're like hot red. It's maybe little like wings on the sides. You play better. They make you faster, obviously. They make you faster. Yeah, definitely. Definitely the case. Well, what, what games have you been experimenting with? Uh, <laughs> with these glasses. Uh, cheating with makeup. <laughs> yeah, cheating. Uh, with... So you can get banned. Um, I, I had a, a, a test run with this, with this method. Um, on Sunday, where I played all the way through Titanfall 2. Admittedly, I decided to play, uh, finally pull the trigger and play. James has play, played that game like a while. Yeah, we've talked about months it ago. on here. Christmas. Um, yeah, Christmas. And it got to the point for me where Apex is starting to wrap up their season five. And like the next, this next week, I think, or maybe it's two weeks. Um, I think it's this next week. They're going to be jumping into their season six. And what they ended up dropping as their teasers all, all, not all of it, but a lot of it relates to, or two major pieces relate back to um, Titanfall 2, because these two games take place in the same world. And so, or at least in the same universe, so they have um, guns that overlap, they have some of the same, um, similar, like, motion, uh, motion mechanics going on. So it was, one of the things I was just realizing is, like, if I actually want to kind of, like, I'm really curious about these things that they've dropped um, and if I wait till the season six, I'll be able to experience it myself. Or I can go and play Titanfall 2, which I could just play on James' account and actually get the experience early while I'm waiting. And so that's why I did on on um, on Sunday. I played through the campaign. I had a lot of fun. It's I, good, right? It's a really it's good so campaign. Fun. I wish they have a lot of really cool ideas and really well. I really like the theme of, of their levels. I wish there was a little bit more of that. Yeah, it's so short. It's a short campaign. Um, I I kind of wish they could come back to a couple of their th couple of their themes, like themed themed levels. Just like there's, I don't know how much I want to go into that. Yeah, if uh, you haven't played it, try and find a way to play it. Uh, it probably will go into rotation for being free again on PS Plus at some point. That is the nice thing. Mm -hmm. You get like a free game every month, um, and that's why we have it for mm -hmm. cheap so if you can find it for like what 10 bucks it's probably worth it maybe 15 what would you say is like price point because it's only eight hours 10 i think i played it in six six wow 
Um, I played it on normal. I didn't play on hard. I wasn't really. I was there mostly for like the content, not necessarily for the challenge. Yeah. Um, if you plan on playing more than just the campaign, and you plan on going back and doing some of the multiplayer stuff, which I don't know if that's very lively right now. Um, but if you go, if you're playing on that, then it's probably worth fifteen as just a story game. Ten yeah. to twelve. Yeah. Cool. Maybe fifteen. Yeah. But now they're tying it are tying Apex more heavily into their universe that they mm -hmm. built for the Titanfall yeah. games. That's cool. So, um, and for me, I I love it when games uh, games and movies are able to pull together. Like they they take place in different the same universe, and they're able to do this. I I love the Marvel movies for that reason because I love how they actually tied everything together really well mm -hmm. or well enough, depends on who you're asking, I guess. Um, <laughs> but that's I, true. I really enjoyed it personally, and so I love it when games can um, intersect this way, particularly because it's like, hey, they're the same developer. Why wouldn't they make two games in the same universe and have these callbacks to each other? It's a really good... Um, I, I really appreciate it from a developer side as well because it's a really good marketing strategy. Like, I was someone who's playing Apex. I didn't play Titanfall until they started bringing Titanfall pieces into the Apex games. And I was like, oh... I want to see what this is about. And then I went back and played it. So that's a, it was a good, like, Hey, a really good marketing strategy to bring in more players back into the loop on these older games. And particularly because Titanfall, um, James was telling me had a really bad launching period, uh, period because the land, it was two major, pretty, pretty bad spot, two major, other major titles back in 2016, I think. Right. Uh, I can't remember the exact, I think it launched window. 2016. Um, so, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed the movement. I enjoyed the being able to control the Titans. Um, that was I like the uh, having those two. All the mech fighting. The mech fighting was a lot of fun. Um, it felt which really cool. I think there was a game back when I was a kid called Mech Assault. Or Mech Warrior. One of the two. Yeah. Um, which I had a lot of exposure to because my uncle was actually a tester for that game series. Mm -hmm. And so I remember going and visiting him at his office and being able to test the game there, I think. And it was like, so it was one of those things that I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then later when it actually came out, we, we bought it. And so I just really enjoyed nice. those mech games. Did you send like bug reports over to him? You're like, you missed one. No. no. I, yeah. Why would I do that? I barely do it now. No. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I hate writing bug reports. It's the worst. Uh, uh, yeah. No, so like, I have a little bit of, like, I like mech. I have a little bit of a soft spot for mech games, even though I don't pursue those type of games very often. Yeah. Um, so I really enjoyed how this one t uh, tackled the difference between being a human and then uh, being a mech. And their multiplayer has both components. Yeah, I watched really cool. I watched uh, ga the gameplay for someone's. Mm -hmm. I didn't actually play it myself, but I watched someone's gameplay. Um, I didn't want to do it because I'm not very good at maneuvering around as the person, admittedly. Yeah, and they don't have new... The lobbies aren't full of new players, so it's, it's going to be punishing. Admittedly, was a little bit scared of that, so I was like, yeah, I don't want to just jump into fair. it, so... Um, but I was watching it and one, these people have to be like, just to be able to like actually maneuver around and shoot things at the same time. I'm really impressed with that. Like their, their maneuverability and their ability to still shoot while, while, while riding, while jumping around, while knowing where they're going. It comes with just knowing the maps, but yeah. I'm really impressed with that. And then also the ability like, Hey, you have to fight things that are now, tw uh, not 20 times your size, but 10 times your size. Is about yeah, it's cool when you're. Um, not in one <laughs> just i gotta live and try and survive like, a mech yeah yeah it's like i 
and then also being able to be the mech, have a like have all that power against everyone. It looks so it looks really cool from that side and be able to see see those kind of things going on. And so I don't know. Love the game, love the story. Uh I I enjoyed the the little call-outs, and the, I enjoy being able to be like, oh, so this is where this came from, oh, this is where this gun came from, um, and how they're pulling it, them in, and how, like, and being able to, other than that, being able to recognize most all of the guns that I was working with anyway, because they're all pretty much all the same, yeah. even if they're, like, older versions of them. So. It's cool that Apex um, has found a, a way to integrate into the games-as-a-service model, especially the Battle Pass Forward um kind of season push that they do. They found a couple interesting ways to integrate story into that. Mm -hmm. I really like the um, current characters, like plot that you slowly get with Loba. That's Mm -hmm. cool. Even though I'm behind, I need to catch up. I've only got a few days left. Uh, I'm intrigued to see where they go next with it and what other stuff they push and how they integrate their story content into their game. It's a lot like Overwatch. They realize people actually really enjoy backstories on hero shooters and mm-hmm. getting context for what's going on beyond just an arena fight. So it's cool. Yeah, I I'm actually really excited when I'm talking about that story, the story mode that they have. Um, I'm a little excited for this next season with uh, Apex in particular because uh, their new character that they dropped um, that's coming this next season is called Rampart. Rampart, yes. Um, mm-hmm. and they had a teaser trailer with her, yeah. um, that dropped with it. And I'm excited to see if that is like kind of the starting point for her story is, um, I would assume so, right? Yeah, I think so. Because that's what happened with Loba is that, I mean, every time they'd like, here's your character, here's the starting point, right? Yeah. But like last time was the first time, last season was the first time they did the story mode. So I'm, I'm just excited to see how it evolves for this next season with Rampart's oh. part. And see oh, how... and see another story battle yeah. pass sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. And see how that, I just, I'm excited to see. It's their second chance to do this story mode. So how mm-hmm. are they going to change it? How are they going to improve on it, on what they've learned from this season? So that's, that's what I'm excited about. Me too. I'm going to have to grind through the whole thing again. Ugh. But it's fun. It's real fun. What, you don't see yourself playing or? No, no, no. I'll play. It's just. I'm slowly leaning into not playing as much. Well, then what other games are you filling your time with? Uh, not much. Is that everything you've been playing? I guess that's it. Admittedly, this last week, yeah. I played Apex and I played Titanfall. I played a board game on Friday um, yeah. with some of our coworkers. But I uh, figured we'd save that, we'd save that talk for another like maybe more board game-oriented uh, session for us. But uh, I got a couple of questions before you move off of titanfall though uh i'm always excited to talk about titanfall uh it's one of my favorite games of the past few years so i've i've heard different opinions what do you think is the stronger part of the game the mech or outside the mech outside the mech outside the mech i think there's a lot more um there's more risk but more reward with it and that comes with that mobility system that you get as being a mech pilot of being able to do the double jumping and, and the wall riding and stuff like that. Um, and if, if you calculate your movement wrong, then you die. 
if you yeah. um and i expect that's a s similar also over in the multiplayer where if you are moving around that arena and you'd go the wrong way and make a decision and while you aren't locked necessarily locked into the your like wall rides you still are relying a lot on your uh, motion and your gravity and so people can use that to anticipate where you're going to be which means that they can follow they can anticipate and shoot ahead of you and lead their lead their fire and be able to kill you that way i um, think that the, the mech the mech uh, stuff is good but it's not fleshed out enough to where it could be the entire game like if i were to have eight hours of shooting or eight hours of the mech uh i think the game is really well paced and told us all which part is the best because there's a lot more shooting in just first person you um than there is mech driving and the mech driving is always kind of like a set piece that they put in for a chunk and then pull you out afterwards and it's the only thing though is it's all set pieces so they're always probably the most cinematic the most enjoyable chunks of thematic gameplay mm -hmm. but the obviously the fps mechanics are phenomenal and they built an entire battle royale off of it which works really well yeah, I think what really sets the game apart and what, you know, I don't I don't think that the first person of it is that great of a game on its own. I don't think it would stand up, but I think that the quality of the mech time brings it from kind of a a par to, mm -hmm. you know, a little on the bottom end of good shooters and that leaps it for me. It it changes all the dynamics and it breaks all the rules enough uh, to kind of bring it up with the uh, with the top runners because for me that's kind of what turns me off of like a like a Call of Duty game is it's still kind of the same iterative game loop um, you know a short loop over and over. That's fair. Uh, I mean they're trying to and, find like a ten second loop and have you? Yeah, but even multiplayer with uh, Titanfall two. I found myself able to your your time to kill is extremely high like your your average life is really high at least on the lower levels that I play um you know you'll be alive for minutes instead of a minute and I like the idea of going through a 15 minute uh game and not being the best person out there but only going through five or six lives instead of call in of call of duty I mean all, 50 all, all, yeah 30 yeah cuz it's just the time to kill is low I, and yeah, that's, and I would. That, that's what makes it good for me is it's, it's not, it kind of, it's, it's like if you have a combination lock and you add just one more set of 10 digits, how, how, you know, how it explodes the number of possibilities, the mechs do that. It really just gives it that extra dimension that no other game really has. I mean, you can get, you know, UAVs and, and kills, uh, kill strikes and stuff in games but there's nothing vehicles in battlefield i don't feel ever really gave it that dynamic change because there's only so many vehicles they can only do so much but you kind of have a completely different game with the mechs and they found a way to take two different games and pit them against each other and you'll have pilots and mechs versus pilots and mechs and figuring out you know how to uh, rock paper scissors that um and every moment, I really feel like it made it a more dynamic game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd I'd argue that the for me the the shooting 
is some of the best. I'd put it like the top percentile um, for the FPS portion. And then what most, I think a lot of the uh, the squeeze tube toothpaste games where you're you just kind of squeeze through corridors and exact set pieces. You have to keep knocking it out of the park with set pieces, but you also have to answer your like pacing problem, which most FPSs have a huge pacing problem they have to solve, which is just people aren't going to want to run around and shoot nonstop if we're giving them, like we need to have an ebb and flow to it. And the mechs are one of the best answers I've ever seen to an FPS. Admittedly, actually in the game, in the story, I ran into that issue of the last three uh, levels. While they, I did switch in and, in and out of the, um, while I did switch in and out of the, um, from the mech to um, first person shooter, I actually was feeling the pacing just staying relatively the same. I never really had a breathing point again, where it was, hey, you just need to walk, or you just need to kind of take a little bit of time here, or you're getting fit. Like it just, and part of it was they were ramping up. It was the climax, but it felt three levels felt a little bit too long for yeah. to go without having any relief. No, there's a bunch of weird questions that uh, the devs have to answer on, like how much is too much. You know, mm-hmm. how, where do we put long corridors? Why do long corridors exist? A lot of times it's to hide load screens, but it also exists to give you a second to think about the last thing that happened. I think Halo has done that really well in all their old games mm-hmm. or just like after a set piece either you get a cutscene, or you're walking for a little while and you get comms chatter and there's like these big stretches from halo 1 halo 2 halo 3 they all halo 3 stretches are gross because of the grave mine thing happening and cortana is like in your head and it's all weird but yes it, it's cool fps's have to solve that pacing problem mm-hmm. and i'd agree i think the end of the game started to feel a little long in the tooth mm-hmm. and that's just because the game is short and then they put all of it kind of in this just bam 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 at the end could have probably used another five hours of gameplay if i were to have my mm-hmm. perfect game out of it yeah admittedly the level that i wish they had a second version of like they could have come back to the mechanic there was the um was there's a level where I'm sorry, but this is going to be spoilers for the people who haven't played. Skip ahead one minute. Yes. Um, I enjoyed the game, the part of the game where you go and have the time aspect, where you get a jump back in time and then forward because there's a space, one level takes place in a time-folded oh, area. Oh, yeah, that's a, yeah. That's and a that's great it. Level. You don't have to cover any more about why, Yeah. but you're just essentially jumping between two different I... gameplay states, which is really I... cool, so you have to keep track of... You have to keep track of like the the uh, enemies and the environment in these two different spaces, and I love how they designed that level. Oh, it yeah. was very fun. Masterclass in design. And I'm just like, I want so much. I could see a whole game designed around that one mechanic, and I want that so bad. Yeah, like another level of it. Like one more level, please. But a whole game would be. I want that. That like someone could design the game. It doesn't have to be Titanfall, but like around that mechanic, I loved it. I can see it now. Titanfall, the sands of time. There we go. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That, that's pretty much it. Well, I, I could gush about that game uh, forever, but we can go ahead and, and move on. But I'm very glad that you played it because now you can see when we talk the about beauty. movement and it's like, oh, it's Apex. It's like, yes, but this is a little more than that. It's 
the getting in and out of the mech on top of it is it it's makes that faster. fluidity when you make when you make a wall run and then a double jump into the mech and then shoot off it's just a wonderful feeling to make that transition yeah yeah no that that was a very fun piece like i loved the feeling of going into the mech i loved how the mech closes around you and for a, a second you don't get to see anything while the mech is like firing up and That's i love cool. how yeah they... and then all the screens come on yeah. like separately yeah. one after another yeah Super and cool. you got to kind of get your bearings super cool and even with that like i love the fact that they um, actually kept the fact like very thin lines as a part of like the like you're still looking at screens in, yeah. when you're in there so and it's very and as obvious. you're taking damage the screens start to flicker out yeah i loved that yeah really cool. so separately and so it'll be like one will flicker instead of all of them it, it really uh makes you feel like you're in there mm-hmm. yeah. they did a good job on yeah. uh selling that point so james what have what have you been playing i know you said not much but what have you been playing <sighs> i'm sorry everybody I haven't played any of The Last of Us Part Two. I played some Diablo Three. Um, only reason mainly is because it's easy to sit down, play thirty minutes, get off of it, or forty-five minutes, and then get off of it. Uh, one of those perfect bite-sized type of games you can get on, do something productive in there, and then get out. Um, so I've been playing that. Really fun. Uh, the game's in a good spot now. It's pricey on the Switch, which is annoying. We got it for half off, but I think that deal is over. I don't think it's worth 60 but for 30 it was it's totally worth it. It's really fun to kind of romp through an action RPG. Um, besides that, as we had talked earlier, kind of about gaming glasses and fatigue, I've been feeling like monitor fatigue uh, this week pretty bad. Um, so again, board game, like you had mentioned, we can get into it at a later point, but I also, uh, picked up a single player card game, not picked it up. I I've had it, but I pulled it back out and just ran through, it's like a story-based campaign and played that cause I needed just something physical to do that wasn't on a screen. So I would, that was kind of what I found a uh, time to do during the weekend. It's called Arkham Horror. The Living Card Game. Very fun, uh, but expensive if you want to get into it and you have nothing. It's cheaper if you just kind of slowly pay for it as, as it goes. Um, but it's a deck builder, and you've got these investigators, and they're running around trying to solve a mystery, and you're fighting off monsters and stuff. Very fun. Lovecraftian. Um, got a cool kind of vibe. And it's, it's just really fun. It's fun to sit down, build some decks, and I don't need somebody else to play against, which is the big thing. Something like magic requires is other people. Uh, but in this case, I can build the deck and then run it into this story. And there's like eight scenarios typically to one of their story arcs. You get to make a bunch of choices during it. Very fun. I uh, got to do that. And, oh, there's something to be said about like physically holding parts and like moving bits around. Uh, it's really cathartic. And could be really relaxing. And so this weekend, I just needed something that was like, as you can tell, I've been needing relaxing games. Diablo 3, all you're doing is run around just smashing stuff. And then a card game where it's just very slow, put on like a podcast and play while I'm listening to some people talk about something else. Mm-hmm. That's about it, though. Uh, I'd highly recommend looking into it if you're someone that 
doesn't have somebody else to play with and likes board games, likes the physicality of, of a game. Um, it is expensive to really dive into wholeheartedly, but pretty cheap to start. Um, heavily recommend it. It's totally worth at least a price point to like kind of enter. Um, but it, again, warning, gets gets real pricey. I mean, it's like magic. Magic is, uh, it will suck you dry of all your cash if you get into it. It's not quite that bad. Yeah, it'll pull a magic trick on you by making all your money disappear. Yeah. Yep, it's called cardboard crack for a reason. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. That's all I've been doing. I've been boring. It's been very. Well, you did one. You did one exciting thing uh, a couple of days ago. You and I mm-hmm. worked on a character for the aforementioned uh, Star Wars RPG that we're a part of. I uh, yes, because I came in late to uh, something that he homebrewed. Uh, we decided because he kind of just threw together a character real fast for me to kind of get in and see if it was yeah, uh, if you even wanted to to join the group yeah if we wanted to, to go with that and after a couple of uh, scenarios we decided yeah i'll go ahead and and uh, finish out because it's a finite series that you've built so i know there's an end date so i don't feel uh too worried about uh getting into it and so well, we we did character building for almost two hours the other day yeah it's perfect that's what it takes um especially when there's as many options uh, as we have with all the Star Wars Yeah, because the problem is I know I know nothing about this system. I'm, I'm a 5e kind of guy, so this is all very new to me. I don't have any of the books, and there's not a lot of free resources. No, um, that's very annoying. So we, you know, in, in these during times, we found a way to do it. He, uh, you know, set up a, his webcam, and, uh, you know, <laughs> I watched over Zoom as he flipped it. through book after book after book after book after book after book. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, had, we I had a big just spread, just a big spread of everything, and we were looking through with the camera. We, we looked yeah. through all the different species, and in in doing so, did a lot of talk about, you know, uh, RP, what what the character we, we wanted it to be, and I kind of explained in abstract what I was thinking, and he talked to me about, you know, what the what the team needs and kind of the flavor of. We kind of did a, a mini session zero. Ultimately, um, that was what that was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of a yeah, zero. but very condensed down, <laughs> and I already yeah. had some some bumpers, yeah. which was nice. So I think we kind of settled on you know uh, a race and class and tech trees and stuff. So I think we're going to be pretty good by the time we're ready to actually start into the next phase um, of the game. Uh, but that was that was fun to to, to do to do a little character building yeah. uh, during this period of like not going out a lot and not hanging out with a lot of people, I would highly recommend trying to find some sort of online group to, to socialize with. It doesn't have to be D and D or an RPG, but, uh, we load up zoom. So we're actually looking at each other. We load up tabletop simulator. So we're all physically kind of interacting in the digital space, throwing cards around, actually rolling dice in there. And suddenly, we're not that far away from in real life. In real life is hands down better, but mm-hmm. it's a really good but way to just... it's pretty close. We're really it's, close. It's a good approximation while not burning any gas and not, you know, exposing anyone to, to you know, yeah. potentially to, to anything, just being safe. And that's... It's really helpful to have that, especially when it's not a video game. Uh, the video games, unless they're slower, we tend to not actually talk about 
anything going on or, or socialize. It's very this is exactly focused what on the you game. Guys were, this is what you guys were talking about why you started playing Divinity Original Sin, is you wanted to play something together that yeah. you weren't just shouting commands. You were you had some downtime to kind of uh, BS and, and make jokes and stuff. And yeah. you know, that's yeah. that's what we do. And there's there's even interesting ways on like on Zoom, uh, whoever's running the Zoom call can change the names of people. So that's a that's like a, a line of jokes that you couldn't do in real life. Um, whereas I would look over at the names of of all the the players and and uh, see that someone had uh, made made a joke of someone's name and it's like oh that's that's a good that's a good bit yeah. and you can uh, from the GM's yeah perspective too I'd say I can because I do audio production I can throw uh, voice filters on while we're talking and I can just do it like instantaneous. I can't do that in real life, which is a that goes a long way at certain points, having an actual droid sound or something or running through some sort of can filter to It's been very fun. And I can do secret messaging a lot easier. Yeah, I can pull out my phone and text or write down on a notepad and then hand it to somebody. But I've been able to do secret talking through Zoom's private chat windows when no one knows. Like I can keep running the session or if two people are talking, I can send that message and so secret messages are going out and conversation you guys might be talking and i don't even know like you can actually have a private conversation away from me that's got to be so much easier than what happened with our campaign which it, it does help because yeah. like i was able to ask a couple of people technical questions because you know i want to ask the the gm but you know he's he's working with another character i'm like well this is a good time and so i would I would just slip over and ask questions to, you know, the players that aren't directly involved. I'm like, I got a quick second to ask them important applied questions for my next turn so that, you know, whereas usually I just kind of lean over towards them, uh, I was able to kind of do a lean in and go, hey, so how does this role work and what does that mean? Oh, it's this. Okay. And then when it got to my turn, I knew what I was doing instead of waiting mm -hmm. around. It helps move things on. Yeah. It's so... If you are at all into board games or at all curious about RPGs, or maybe you play them or you play them in real life, it's not bad. Zoom and Tabletop Simulator go a long ways towards softening the experience and making it. I'd say it's 80, 85% good. as much fun with none of the commute. Yeah. <laughs> none of the commute or the corona. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you have a bud light. Or COVID. Yeah. <laughs> all the corona, none of the COVID. Yeah. <laughs> Should, yeah, call it. Exactly. You don't have to worry about driving home. My bed's right yeah, over exactly. there. Yeah, exactly. I'm practically playing in bed, you know, and just... It's safer yeah, super in many safe. ways. So, yeah, that was uh, that was something we did, and I, I really enjoy doing that, and I look forward to the next uh, the next bit. Um, I've only been playing a couple things, and one, not really enough to uh, to talk about, mm -hmm. but I, I found a... a uh, little mobile game that I'll, I'll talk about uh, in the next episode. It turned out to be mm, harder than I, than I was oh, ready yeah. for Very intellectually. Difficult. So it's, it's just a little, little mobile game called um, escape the gloomer, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and it's, if you know the red wall cartoon or book series, Who doesn't? Uh, the well, a lot of people mice do. in the castle. Um, this is based off of that. It's, it's an officially licensed product. Um, but I'm only, I'm only a little bit in. But it's a, it's just a, 
kind of uh, old text adventure uh, sort of a thing. So you type in, you know, pick up rock, uh, go into cave, that sort of a thing. But I'll I'll have a, a better review once I've really gotten into it. But yeah. a, a similar product pretty... would be Skyrim uh, for the Alexa or Siri. Yeah, yeah it's for Alexa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which which is fun because yeah, you just think hilarious. You, a little bit of text parsing, but the text parser is pretty good. Yeah. So. I recommend uh, giving it a shot. It's free to download on iOS, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, give it give it a little little bit, and I'll uh, I'll review it uh, next episode. Most of my free time uh, in front of a computer has been grounded. Um, oh, I probably could have made a good uh, joke about um, I would have played video games, but I was grounded. But I, I definitely missed that opportunity. But you still got snores. So this is classic dad joke is i couldn't make a joke right here but i'm not gonna that's that's my lack of self-control it's um it's like acknowledging the joke before you've even made it well it wasn't good but it was mine and uh i enjoyed it anyway and so grounded is it's made by obsidian yeah which was a good start and that's why i was so interested and it's got a fun trailer uh where they've got a really, you know, overly dramatic guy going, from the people who brought you games, nothing like this. Yeah, I know. You know I'm very curious trailer. about this game. Because um, it's so, nothing like anything they've made before. It's a little bit of ARK, A-R-K. Um, ARK Evolved? A little bit of, yeah, a little bit of ARK Evolved. Okay. A little bit of The Long Dark, for those who are familiar. It's kind of a survival base-building first person game Hmm. Hmm. um it's been a lot of fun so the basic premise is you are as close as you can get to honey i shrunk the kids without it being uh like litigious i um i saw the the promo picture for this i remember that one because i actually specifically someone said it's like hey it's honey i shrunk the kids yeah pretty much that. that that that's absolutely what it is i mean down to the to the uh, what i believe might be uh, a shrink ray but i i can't possibly spoil it because it's still in preview um but when it when it fully launches i'm i mean i'm yeah i'm part of oops, part of the preview and it's it's a lot of fun so that's cool you start in and they don't tell you anything to begin with um so purpose you or just, just because you just it's like up. a demo early i don't know okay. i don't know if there's simply no opening cutscene, but it seems to be the way the game's supposed to be because you kind of pick up clues along the way so i think it's going to slowly reveal the story as it's doing in the preview mm. so you just kind of all of a sudden you are a like a 10 year old kid and you get to choose between four different uh characters uh I don't have enough friends with Xboxes, but apparently there is a four-player co-op base building. Yeah, that's what I'm curious about. Thing to it, so it's you, yeah, out. all four playing at once yeah. and building and adventuring. That sounds wonderful. There, I must find a way. But uh, even playing single-player, it's it's quite good. Um, you you just you wake up and you are down in a, a small hole and you walk out and you immediately know what's going on you have been shrunk uh you got grass towering over mm-hmm. you the the details are really well thought out there's there's gnats and there's ants so 
An ant is like the size of a St. Bernard, maybe a little bigger. Gross. Real gross. Um, I love it. Those are those are fine. Uh, like the gnats are like little puff balls. And you quickly start learning how to uh, build things. The, the interface for like building, uh, crafting interface, I should say, is that's kind of the weak point of it at this point is you open it up and then between triggers and bumpers, mm. there's so many options. It's not yeah. very well streamlined. It's kind of hard to find what you're looking for. I had to go to a guide during oh a game preview. That's a bummer. So I'm like, where's the lean-to? Lean-to is not under base building, my friends. I'll tell you that. Um, so it just eats up a lot of your time is, is menu-based. Yeah. And it's, a lot of survival games have a ton of menu play. So it's not unlike my complaints with Oblivion's last title, uh, The Outer Worlds, where there's kind of a lot of information chaff this is better mm. um because like the fonts are easier to read there's less extraneous detail but there's so many things you can build so quickly that you, you can get lost okay um so because of having all the different plants and animals around you you your main antagonist that i have not really messed with yet and i'm a little over an hour in um are spiders uh... so now they did address this they have an arachnophobia mode oh and it it doesn't just get rid of the spiders so before you even go into the arachnophobia mode it tells you hey we're about to show you a picture of a spider like this is coming be ready for it and so you click through that and it shows you their version of a spider which is i mean if you look up the the, the art it is cartoonish mm-hmm. Uh, enough. The spider is still not great. I'm still not a huge fan. Uh, so like not a fan in just... it's ugly or not a fan in it's still triggering me? Yeah, a little bit of both. Uh, mostly the triggering. Yeah, I'm okay. not super arachnophobic but I, I know if thing. this thing was you know the equivalent of 25 30 feet tall and I turn around and it's making a skittering noise I'm not going to be okay. Even though they're oh, silent. I kind of like this. <laughs> I yeah. love spider so, noises are some of my favorite to make, though. They have a slider. It's not just one setting. Holy mackerel, you, this is a very So you deep... can move the slider down about seven different steps. Can you turn so it like into like one... a balloon animal at the last step? Does it just slowly you get do. low poly? You do. So like the first step uh, brings it down to like six legs and gets rid of like, Getting I think, the mandibles. Isn't enough. And then you go another step and then it's like it has four legs and four eyes and like it just becomes more normalized until it literally gets rid of the legs completely uh and it's just a head and a thorax and the head has two eyes uh and then the last step is literally like just the thorax with two eyes and it's pink perfect so if it if it really wrecks you you can still play the game they're not dark souls in you you can just play it if that's what really gets you that is less scary than the ants, to be quite honest, because the ants, the ants kind of work as a cleanup crew. If there's other critters that are kind of causing problems, the ants are friendly to you, but they'll kind of go after some other stuff. Mm-hmm. Their eyes turn red and they'll go after gnats and stuff. Mm-hmm. So what's the game loop? Uh, I, I know it's a survival crafting, but like, is it is it as straightforward as it sounds? Is there any twist or is it just there's 
There's main quests and side quests. Okay, so there's a questing um, system in here. Yeah, there is, there is a questing system. This is very, um, I mean, uh, obsidian uh, base yeah, where there's a lot you of know, narrative still. Th there is a main quest, and uh, you can find some uh, some. There's like a like a bathroom scale on the ground, and there's three lasers pointing at it. But two of them have issues. You can go clear up the issues. It fires a laser, starts a fire over by a tree. You go to the tree, and there's this shrunk down lab, like a laboratory, and that's where it starts giving you the first bit of story. Okay. And that's about where the story seems to end for the preview. Yeah. But it, it gives me great hope for there being because there's this whole lab that's miniaturized and there's a, a scientist so questions you hear recordings of and you can pick up recordings and it's like i'm very invested in this this is what i needed the long dark to give me and even with the main story that they eventually added to that never really hooked me yeah uh in a, in a story sense so this i'm i'm very excited for it cool. to continue to become a full game but if you like uh, base building you like adventure this is this is definitely something to look into especially when it's still a free preview yeah absolutely well that was all the oxygen from my lungs are there any any questions about the, the no game? i just want to see you play more i i kind of want to play it myself and have the arachnophobia uh, uh not turned on at all yeah. and just have the full full spiders and then james will leave the room yeah there you go that's it <laughs> Yep. I saw one on like level three of seven and I, I just happened to see one. I wasn't expecting it. It didn't attack me or anything like I, I found it and it still spooked me a bit. And I'm oh, like, oh, I'm glad I turned that down. Yeah. You got to so, play it, Aaron. That way I can see it mm -hmm. or, you yeah, know, everything I, but that. I recommend. Nice. So we'll do some, some quick news uh, here. I think the biggest thing though, I have not watched a lot of it is, um, the cyberpunk videos that have come out. Yeah. Game looks awesome. Um, if you're into that showing, shtick. showing some stuff. Like I like the idea of the three different lines. There's the, what do they call the the street street punk? Um, and, um, I mean, ultimately you have out in the boonies, redneck street punk ish gang sort of thing. And then like hoity toity high flute and coming for money. I can't remember the, the exact yeah. names of their three uh, choices. But it's awesome. It looks cool. And, I mean, the trailer does a good job of, of hyping it up. It looks like there's quite a bit of fleshed-out content that you miss on your first run. So it looks like a really good game to encourage that second or third playthrough. Whereas I don't think The Witcher kind of had that same... You could pretty much experience everything the first time. Well, there's some choices that have some major consequences, but it, it had less. It had a lot less replayability. I think they're really trying to maximize that this time around. It looks fun. I want to play it. I like the aesthetic. Yeah, I like the idea that it has basically three games in it, like three <laughs> different ways it, to play the game. I'm curious how long those intros are. I mean, if they're an hour-long intro, um, then it's negligible in like a 30-hour game. Uh, but if those are some meaty, like, five-hour, three-hour even intros that get you into the thing and give you a really good kind of flavor, be cool. 
Aaron over here is like very on the fence about this game. Uh, no, it's the I haven't watched the cyberpunk like this the videos uh, that came out at all. Yeah, I I think knows. I saw something about three different paths that you could potentially start with. Yeah, and that's it. I haven't actually caught up on that news piece, so I'm like, nah, I have nothing to offer here. Ah, okay. Well, it sounds interesting. I called you out on nothing to offer. <laughs> yes, you called me out on nothing. Well, there's to offer. there's not much there's not much to say. Like no, the videos good. came out, and so there's a lot of stuff there, but nothing nothing really. To, to talk about because we're still waiting for for something more concrete i think yeah like, I mean, we've we don't know how lots of gameplay really videos i think it's at a spot where i know what i'm getting if i were mm-hmm. to pay for it um I, I don't have a whole lot of questions on it anymore they've done a pretty good job for me of, of just showing content in, in different ways in enough gameplay not a lot but enough and I have faith that their their loop will be good. Their overall like quest loop. If it's anything like The Witcher. Admittedly, yeah, like well, you you know you know kind of the game you're gonna get. You're gonna get The Witcher, but sci-fi. Sci-fi lean more heavily into the freeform role playing. Admittedly, I don't. I'm not like drawn to this game. Um, even when like the first stuff, like it was like, oh, that looks cool, but I don't know if I'll pick it up and play it. Even like. Like if yeah. it has if it has gameplay like The Witcher, I I didn't actually play The Witcher either, so it's yeah. not that's not something that's like oh it's like The Witcher. I don't know. I don't. I th- I'm not finding that same draw. I think you're going to enjoy it because there's a couple different styles of play that you can pick. Mm-hmm. Whereas The Witcher was pretty much a, for a large chunk before you get OP with powers, you've kind of got to tackle everything with the the slow sword fighting. Um, this one I I did just start The Witcher three for hopefully the last Ooh. time and I, I just got to where the story really starts because i yeah i think you were the one that told me well you got to get where the story starts and that's kind of when you know and i'm like yeah the, okay the so i i might i might make it through the game i'm gonna try it and try to push through um and it's it's getting better so i'm gonna i think i'm gonna stick with it but i kind of want to finish the witcher and then I'll I'll know more accurately if Cyberpunk's going to be something I need to mm-hmm. to jump look on out or not. For. Yeah, especially just reviews will be enough. I'm not going to pre-order it. I'm going to buy it day one. I'll watch some reviews a week after it comes out because I'm not dying for it. And if they're like, "Yep, it's pretty good," then I'll I'll totally get it. Speaking of game well, time, I, I will need though. something to to keep me busy since Halo's been delayed. Yeah, so, yeah. So, that's a bummer. Not surprised. So, what do we? How do we feel about that? Is that is are yeah? Again, are we are we even surprised? Um, given that we hashed out all of our feelings about Halo last time, <laughs> um, I'm still in the same spot of, oh yay, cool, a new Halo game. I'm glad they're kind of continuing. The, they're, they're able to continue the franchise. Other than uh, what, since as far as I'm aware, there isn't anything new about the game itself. Um, like gameplay or art or anything um, since that news from last time, unless I missed something. No, it's not been that long. Yeah, I I would be surprised if there was more news. So the fact that it's been delayed is like, okay, cool. I I don't. I'm you weren't still, getting hyped up yet. I yeah. wasn't. I still wasn't at a point where I was super hyped. Yeah. Where it was like, yes, I'm getting this. Oh no, I have to wait. I wasn't bought into it. Um. I think the people who are, uh, I, I know that there's always like a. Um, from actually what do you guys think i'm glad that it's being delayed i'm i'm all for game delays if it makes the game better i mean uh there's there there's a saying that i've heard um that a you know a bad game 
uh, is forever. Like, I'd rather wait for a good game than than have Halo Five. You know, um, Ooh, I'd rather them do it fire. right. I, who wants to play a bad game? I, I yep. hate it when people rush to make a due date and you get a subpar product mm-hmm. when you know that they're perfectly capable of making something good. And if it's, if they take their time and they do their best and it's still a bad game, then you go, okay, well then I just, you know, I wasn't smelling what they were stepping in and that's fine. But if you, if you go, you know what, they just needed more time. And, you know, the game developers come out and later go, yeah, it's really buggy. If we would have had more time, like no man's sky, I wonder if they would have just waited a few months and uh, delayed again, if that would have helped them or if they needed to release That's always to the get the feedback. To, because it's a good game now. But you yeah, obviously like can't delay later, a game three for later. three years. Four. Yeah. four years later? It took them a while to get there. Oh my God. So how long do you do you delay yeah. before you know you become Duke Nukem, which is 20 years late and it was a terrible game? You know? Yeah. Uh, so there is a there is a middle ground where you're waiting for nothing. I um, I have opinions on this. <laughs> Surprise. Uh, it, it speaks to a like a larger industry problem, which is I would say that the video game industry has a production problem compared to other industries putting out content in the same way. Um, I think of like manufacturing. It's in a lot of ways the same sort of thing. You've got design you're trying to innovate but ultimately you're trying to put some stuff together in a mechanical way so it actually works and delivers whatever it is you're supposed to deliver think of like a Mm -hmm. uh, car line you know coming out with the next model or whatever in our industry it's almost always this massive amount of crunch right at the end to hit the deadline that was set in advance or it's push back the release date. And most of these huge games that come out, a lot of times now we're seeing more and more of these date pushbacks, or we're seeing a huge article come out post-launch about how the crew is working huge 100-hour weeks for the last, like, six months or something like that. Yep. And so I think there's a bigger... This is just one drop in the bucket of studios having a really hard time nailing down how long it takes to make stuff since the end product isn't a car with a bunch of variables on what it needs to do. The game ultimately needs to be fun and it's really hard to measure your fun as you're putting the code together. That's why you hire people who typically have a track record or of course studios that have put out a game are going to know how to get to their loop of fun quicker and that's why you see a lot of sequels. Stuff like that is like a little more consistent. But it's got all this innovation. No one wants to make just a rehash, typically. Or else you get sports games, where they're at now, where they're just not innovating. But they're consistent. They're actually a product. The top-level decision makers can rely on and actually mm-hmm. go, okay, this is how much it's going to cost. This is when it's out. And we can we know about how much money this thing is going to make. It's like a sure gamble every time. But these huge games, especially when they're trying to innovate or break out of, especially like Halo 5, they're really trying to completely shift gears 
for this installment. It's this weird spot where I've obviously they just didn't plan it accordingly at the beginning or something went wrong. It's really weird because it's all made up. You just got a bunch of code on top of code. It's all of this weird, innovative, creative stuff. There's not as many hard rules as like a physical manufacturing job, but it still relies on almost the entire manufacturing process as far as how you design and then create it mm -hmm. and, and put it together, glue it with programming. So I am in the boat of pushing dates is better than crunch. But games as a service or all these other types of game systems we're starting to see things where it's just release your game and then inject new content monthly is I think the industry's attempt to start answering this. And it's not like as a whole, but different companies are trying to figure out how to more consistently output content for inputting, like receiving cash. And so, like you said, big flop, even with the crunch or a delay, the big flop's still a big flop and, and money lost. And so I'll, I'll take delays over rushed products, especially crunch products aren't typically known to be way better products in any way. Um, I think that's like heavy amounts of crunch don't produce the same sort of quality. Like your hundredth hour of work is not typically going to be at the same level as your like 40th hour. So there's something to be said for that, like breathing room mm -hmm. for games. So I don't know. I think for employees, the games as a service model will probably be a more consistent one for them in a lot of cases, unless you're Fortnite and they were just like always crunched all the time. Like that actually backfired and then they're just <laughs> nonstop. I'm working. making a disgusted face over here. Yeah. He's laughing yeah. at me. Uh, then it's bad. Then it's really bad because you never have an end date. At least with a game relaunch, like you get this break afterwards, this big release. Mm -hmm. But I'm thinking of other studios like Apex. Um, I don't believe they're like overly, you know, they're not doing 100 hour weeks, but they're outputting content at, on a regular basis. And they've monetized it in a way that that's enough cash to keep them going. And they're expanding into all this narrative content, which is just like these huge cinematics are just fan service. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that they've got people able to kind of do those and be pretty free on what they want to make is as an employee, I think is probably more comfortable position to be at in at a studio. At the same time, though, it's tricky because who doesn't want to work on, you know, Halo 6? So they get a little bit of leverage on, on crunching them sometimes just out of that, off of the employee base being too, too passionate <laughs> almost about it, which is different than a lot of other production services where the employees aren't typically going to be quite as passionate about the actual IP or product that they're working on and like yeah. manufacturing or something. I think we both have, I, I, I agree with a lot with what James has said. Um, but there's definitely, we also have our opinions about, uh, crunch culture and how that affects games and how that affects, uh, the industry, both the, um, from a high level, but then also from employee level. Um, yeah, burnout, turnaround. Burnout, is... turnaround. Um, it's not the only industry, though. There's a lot that suffer from not, that. It's not, but um, relative to, like, movies, films, it's actually one of the more, comp maybe, com not quite comparable, but um, games is still relatively new. 
compared to other industries um, and, and in the entertainment realm, at least. So it is, it's one of those things where it's like, I see this as growth. It's something we have to figure out as an, as an industry of how we're going to tackle this. Otherwise games will collapse. Probably won't, but I don't know if they'll collapse. It's a pretty it's big prob- industry. It's pretty big, but yeah, I think but, or rather companies collapse. Uh, that's the the real truth. There is just individual companies will falter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a bummer that Halo got delayed, but but if it keeps people from being overworked, or we get a better product, yeah. or maybe both. I, I, there are so many games to play. It's a lot. Like that's the thing is I don't, I don't need Halo now. I have a backlog of so many games I haven't touched or haven't finished. I like, I still need to get back to Ori. I'm about, I feel like I'm close to halfway, but I still got to get through that. And I'm very excited to get to that. Mm -hmm. But backlog. I think the Christmas release date was nice though. Or, you know, just fall, winter being a good time for younger people, anybody in school. I mean, that's, you want your games to come out right before you get your break. Mm-hmm. Uh, and have it over the winter yeah. when it's, you know, a lot of places it's too cold to go outside. So or that hurts. Like here in the Oregon area, it's just going to rain starting in October. It's just going to rain till May. So There's n- nothing quite like having, I mean, back in the day, right? Nothing quite like having one of our big titles we were really excited about come out right around a break or vacation or in the summer Mm -hmm. like nothing beats it now i can take like a day or two off work whenever the game comes out if i really want if i want that experience which Mm -hmm. is fun to have i'd say every couple years you should get one of those like three days of nothing but just get lost in a game yeah and it doesn't matter what day it is what month it is it it doesn't yeah that's i can take my time unless unless you've got like a launch window or a production um you know numbers to to make where it's like well it's the end of the month we got to get you know we got to push numbers a little bit so yeah Yeah. can't really take 28th 29th and the 30th off to do this but you can wait you know a couple extra days whereas in school it's it's a lot harder Mm -hmm. yeah it's like oh if you missed that thanksgiving window you got to wait for christmas you missed christmas you got to wait for what spring break that's ridiculous i'm curious what the console's going to launch with so I, i think the bigger question now is how this domino effect occurs on the console itself how does it sell right before christmas with no console seller no flagship game what else are they going to push onto it right now they haven't it seems like they're leaning towards their service more than their hardware as their big money maker moving forward which is great i think their service is awesome and is a really good value for what you're getting but how does how does this end up affecting their holiday console sales towards the next season of consoles? Are we going to see a lot more people with PS5s? Does that mean we're going to see a lot more exclusives? Is Sony going to just gobble well, up more of the console market? So, I mean, there, there's still there's still a lot of stuff uh, coming to the Series X at launch. I mean, there have? is the Marvel's Avengers, which Oof. we didn't talk much about, but I've heard some uh, not great I did want to touch on that very briefly. Okay, but there's also the new Watch Dogs. There's the new Assassin's Creed. Um, a couple games that are on multiple. Well, there's there's Everwild. They're they're finally bringing Tetris Effect over. Ooh, Tetris! Um, I gotta buy my six hundred dollars. Tetris console. Effect. Play some Tetris. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, Call of the Sea, The Ascent, Outriders, uh, Gears Tactics is probably not a console seller. Yeah. But I think that's, well, that's... kind of... They're, they're not trying to do that, Xbox. No. They're, they're trying to sell it as a as a whole thing instead of trying to sell it for a killer app. Yeah. And this doesn't hurt them as bad, I think, if that's the... I mean, if they're trying to sell their console, this hurts. But it doesn't seem like that. So that's why I'm, I'm really curious. I'm really curious to see how I think if this PS5, winter shapes up. If PS5 had to do this with something Horizon. akin to The Last of Us, or like Horizon Zero I mean, that's Dawn, their, like, I think they're... Uh, that's now... Time. Yeah, that's now been pushed to May that would probably hurt their sales more than this is going to hurt Xbox. That's what I'm wondering, if that's the case. And we've got other games. Uh, Cyberpunk, I think, announced that they're going to have an upgrade in the spring, if I recall correctly from the news I heard. Yeah, it's going to be just just the way that they did the Witcher kind of updates. They're going to follow that. that, uh, Just to fully bring it into the new console cycle. But they're going to do it later, like kind of around Halo time. So what do you you know what do you do for that winter? I have nothing to offer here. I haven't been keeping up on <laughs> Xbox knows? stuff. So, yeah. well, let's real quickly talk about Avengers. Okay. I've seen some gameplay. Okay. Listen to some reviews. Some people talking about it. The beta is currently out. You're allowed to play, I think, three levels, and then some of the online portions. I've heard it's just kind of bland, mediocre. Yeah, I heard it's real. Uh kind of old level design and uh unimpressive visuals and uh voice like the voices just start they don't match and there's well, we have a big a problem there thing there's a whole thing with the exclusives but I, i'll let you get to that in your own time but. yeah no like it it looks like we got so tied to the movie characters even though this entire like comic books are all about changing out the like the voice mm-hmm. or the character or the look every couple of years, and then the movies, we, we got too attached. Even though they're doing mm-hmm. the same thing, they're, they're going to swap them out. But I'm like, that's not Captain America. That's that's like Dollar Tree Captain America. <laughs> give me, which give me is, the real which Captain. is silly. Yeah, the whole point is that there's nothing that's this is perfect canon for it. There are multiple versions. That's, yeah. But still, That's what makes it unique. every time I look at any of those characters in the game, I'm like, that doesn't, that's not the right person. Well, it's, that's interesting because um, for me, I probably could make that switch better than maybe you could. Oh, yeah. And the reason why I think is because I actually take some time to watch the cartoons. Yeah, where they're so, different. It's where they are different. Yeah. And so I get exposure to other voice actors, to other art styles that, uh, depicting these characters. Yeah. Um, so at comics, they don't come pre-made with voices because... Their comics, um, like I think that because of that, it might be easier for kids who are paying attention to the the cartoons that are, are and, and different oh, yeah. animated series going on that have these characters in them. It might be easier for them to pick up the game than it would be for. Um, I'm going to very much generalize and assume that adults are not watching the cartoons, and they're they're Less. only consuming the movies, and so they don't have that like same it's... exposure to these things. I I do think that the game. Everything I've seen of it so far looks like it might target a younger audience to begin with, and they're not looking for us grumpy 30-year-olds to play it, where it's not a lot of meat on the bones, but it's very flashy. I think it's us scrumpy 30-year-olds that we're hoping for, like, the Witcher-level story with 
you know, Marvel skins yeah, or just on it. More akin That's to the, the hero shooters we're getting lately. Not a shooter, but like a hero brawler. Mm-hmm. And the identities, I think, of the, the mechanics are not very deep. And they're not very varied between the different characters. Which is where we, I think, probably wanted characters to feel distinctive and drastically different from each other. And they're not that different. I'm I'm not super surprised because I played the latest uh, Ultimate Alliance when it came out. And I was unenthused and unimpressed by it. I enjoyed my time in that one because I did buy that. But it was absolutely less than the ones from before. And I always wondered, there's like a bigger question too on the overall meta of games. And it's like, how did all these games be better when I was a kid? Why They all had more content. They all were just better. Well, that's not total. That's not true. I'd say the newer games are well, better. That's, but that's because it's like, where's all that? We played Ultimate Alliance the first one. I know we played that together. Oh, played tons of that. And two other friends, we sat oh, down yeah. when it came out and we played through I think the first three quarters of that game, we just sat down and we just went after yeah. it. And I think there was actually five or six people. So we actually switched out pretty actively who was playing. Uh, and we played through a lot of different characters when they would be unlocked. Like we got a lot of miles out of that game. The new one, admittedly. Um, so I have played with people. It's more fun when you've got a full team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've beaten the game, I think, three times now. So I've put some time into the game. Uh, to get through it and it can be really fun once you've got everything kind of going and in single player just having a good lineup um but yeah it's not it's not super impressive though not for not just not up to the games that i'm kind of getting used to i would think that something with the marvel stamp would be more fun than moving out or you know another team 17 four player isometric gauntlet style game that interesting i this goes back into the production it part of what is it it feels boring right they they didn't quite find the fun but it's still you can tell like the checklist got made and all the boxes got ticked Mm -hmm. of what they wanted in the game to like to be as close if to you, predictable as possible, I guess, for just if you would excuse me a quick diversion. Yeah. Um in the automotive world we have we have something we go to with this. So General Motors, Chevrolet and, and them came up with in the two thousands a a literal checklist and they said we're gonna create the perfect car. Uh you know, the SUVs we're taking off, we're like we're gonna make the perfect SUV, it's gonna check all of these boxes that the engineers are happy, the bean counters are happy, everyone's happy. And they created that car and this checked off every single box and it was perfect by design. And it's known as the Pontiac Aztec. This is the ugliest, worst car that they produce. I mean, you look it up, you know what it is. It's this terrible monstrosity that was created, but it was created by committee with a checklist and it's awful. So, and especially with games that are much more art than utility 
to create a game by committee and through a checklist does not make it fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A perfect game is not fun. Like Tetris is a lot of fun. There's no checklist to creating Tetris. There's no, you can't just build it off of a framework. Like that was a simple idea that was executed correctly. Uh, not just, you know, paint by numbers. And we're in a weird spot where the industry is big enough to where, I mean, movies, they have the same sort of like, it's a checklist and then you give it over to somebody singular usually to direct and, and give a vision to it. And so that's, I mean, we've got vastly more enjoyable games for a lot less money production wise. And then we've got some of these where it's just like, how did you, this isn't terribly fun. Who at the there's top? There's nothing wrong with it though. There, there's nothing wrong with Ultimate Alliance 3. It's it's a good game. Like That's what I was thinking. I'm like, wow, everything's balanced. Everything looks fine. I was playing it on the Switch, so I expected you know that level. But I'm like, you know, this looks fine. It plays good. But Is it simple? You know, I played an hour and a half in, and I'm like, I'm just done with this game. Yeah. I'm just, I I'm just like not, I'm not having any fun. But, you know, yeah, that's all it was, was it just didn't, it didn't have that that something um that like and isn't that mario had we demand that this industry every single game that comes out innovate in some way or clean up to the point of pristine it needs to always not always i mean we could back off on visuals but you need to polish you need to and everything has to be perfect and it has to be i won't pay more than 60 dollars for a game yeah it's a tricky Um, spot Mm-hmm. And so I don't envy the Avengers team for this upcoming game uh, being in this spot. There's definitely some like polish issues. There's like some really weird motion blur stuff they decided to do and some decisions on how the camera shakes. Like watching the footage kind of is very dizzying after five minutes. If you just watch it straight, like, oh my goodness, some of the like every punch the camera's like shaking on Hulk. So to watch him, it's just like this blur and shaking thing constantly happening. They all just kind of, you watch it and you're like, yeah, it looks cool. There's a lot of good looking stuff in here. Yeah, it looks fun. Eh, it's, it's fine. But you can tell like they need to make more than $60, or at least they want to make more than $60. So it's got monetized systems locked and ready to go. They just push a button and now... There'll be battle passes all over the place in there. Mm-hmm. They've sold their souls. Yeah, it to seems like a bit of a cash five grab. gum. That's it. It kind of seems like okay. We've got the IP. We need to make a safe game, and we need to capitalize as much as possible on the IP, producing us cash. And that's I think a lot of IP games can tend to go that route, where mm-hmm. um, like you lose a little bit of innovation a lot of times with an IP. Before we uh, before we get to the end of this, um, I do want to talk to a couple of PlayStation owners about how how do you feel about Sony uh, holding Spider Man um, as a uh, PlayStation exclusive? I think last week I had said I liked exclusives. I think I had argued or two weeks ago. Um, that was towards Sony having first party studios and making games in the environment that they're creating is 
the results seem to be good. Like games are coming out that are really good, mm -hmm. really innovative, new, fresh ideas, really well polished, really clean. And they're given pretty extended due dates sometimes. Like they're not rushed quite in the same way. At least the last couple have been a little more lenient. However, that's like a full game. That's first party studio. That's Sony like just trying to make the sort of stuff that will sell their console. And I think that that is some healthy competition where Xbox now needs to make some of their own really great games and ultimately does give us more good games. Them holding Spider-Man back in a game that's coming out is like a different boat uh, and is dumb. <laughs> I don't like it. To, to make sure I understand what you mean by them holding Spider-Man, you mean that in the Avengers game, they did not allow Spider-Man to be used? So Spider-Man does not exist in the Xbox version of the Avengers game coming out but it does exist in the PlayStation one. So PlayStation owns Spider-Man. Oh, that's some weird bit of legalities that does not surprise me at all. Yeah, it's probably, it's... No, it's not surprising. It's It seems kind of petty, weirdly. A little bit. Like, you have the whole Spider-Man, like, I'm fine, they have Spider-Man, they get the Spider-Man game. That's fine, I, I accept that. But to sneak, like, to delete Spider-Man from... That's like Ultimate Alliance not having Spider-Man in the Switch or the Xbox version. That would be, like, that would not go over well either. I just don't think that's, like, that's kind of a I'm going to take my ball and go home sort of yeah. a deal. Yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about that. This is this is the first time I'm learning about yeah. it, so you guys are getting my, like, I just, it's, it's that's it feels weird. It does, I, I agree. I think it feels petty. Um, and... Mm -hmm. Ultimately, Sony has had such a strong grip on the Spider-Man IP, um, and they just refuse to um, let it go. When, and I'm not saying it's a, like that's the right decision for them to let it go, but that's something that we've seen from the movie deals um, as that plays out. As it has creatively hurt the IP. It's creatively hurt the Spider-Man IP. I see the meme already of Sony being um, being Lenny. And Spider-Man being the rabbit, and that that's not that's not great. I'd hate to see them kind of crush the IP by by you know protecting it so vehemently. I think it hurts. It it's going to end up hurting both Spider-Man and then the Marvel series as a whole because it it just tends to hurt both series because they this this character that's restrictions yeah that is the. One of the most, it is the, he is the most popular Marvel character. I think that's safe to say. I think, I think you are correct. Um, isn't held by the comp, isn't held under the company that owns the rest of the Marvel series yeah. and Marvel, and the Marvel characters or most of them. And so within the universe, it's in them trying to tell these stories. They are being forced to exclude this one character who could be easily very core to these things and make things better. Um, as they tell these stories, either through game format or through movie format. So, admittedly, there's also a, hey, now they have to figure out, they, it's more competitive because yeah. um, within the one Marvel universe, because it's not just one company that owns everything. Um, yeah, and I don't mind them owning the IP and owning the games. It just feels weird to cut that, that they're picking and choosing like this. Mm -hmm. Like, oh yeah, Xbox can have you know, Ultimate Alliance Spider-Man with multiple skins, but they can't have it in Marvel Avengers. That feels like a really, 
a strange line to draw and is it just this game or is there more to come and if this I is more this of a story-based game are they cutting out an entire spider-man level like no probably not because all I, the characters are know. interchangeable and i don't think that they've got if they're completely interchangeable okay. levels but i think i will say like it's not unheard of for a product to have bonuses that come with specific forms of purchase uh, physical products do this all the time. I mean, when I was buying like the Blu-ray set for Star Wars or something, like there were different, or not maybe that, but like when I'm buying a movie, I mean, sometimes buying it at a specific store will give a different reward. I mean, we've been doing that forever. Um, picking certain people to buy your product from, from will give you a different reward. I guess it hurts that it's a digital one. So all of... The Xbox owners, just the content is there and they're just not allowed to access it, which is that changes the situation a lot. Mm -hmm. Would we like it better if it was like a $2 DLC for Xbox? So imagine if it was a $5 DLC and it was just a free gift card for it that you you got when you bought it from for the PlayStation. Free to PS4. Which is in the realm of stuff they've done where the PlayStation version comes with the extra pack of some sort or comes with the dlc it's like i in think a different that's boat. that's better but because yeah. it's like we're not gating like you can you, you want this you got to buy our console to get this one piece of this one game no one's going to do yeah. that so what are they really getting and that's where they're not gaining any sales I, they're just making enemies. i think there's a deeper issue going on with this game because of the other weird stuff they've got verizon exclusive skins they've got uh the uk um virgin mobile i think in mm-hmm. the uk yeah. has its own exclusive skins the people allowed to play the beta right now are service own like they are with those services hmm. i think it's verizon hmm. is essentially if you're a verizon customer you get to play the beta early that's or well, if you're you, a, you could be playing the um tony hawk demo right now if you bought a bought a uh the right chipotle burrito <laughs> and that's yeah if it's like a, a sweepstakes or something maybe it's a little different and that's so they've got all these pairings and they have like all of these lined up what four or five they've got gum they have all of these different deals and you're like okay they were it just feels dirty this it's, this has happened before there's there's a game that I still have and own and play on the PlayStation 1 called Jet Moto 3. And there's specifically, you go through the, the character select, and one of them is, they're very blatantly Mountain Dew uh, uh, sponsored. Another one is Slim Jim. That's funny. Sponsored. And I mean, that's, and I, I do look back at One like... is Body Glove, which is the, which is the wetsuit uh, seller, you know. Like, and it's like, oh, this is, it's one thing if it's brands associated with a thing, like, you know, you play Madden, it's going to have stuff, you know, like, oh, yeah, well, those are the, you know, the companies that make the sports ball stuff or whatever. But in in a Marvel game, it's all of a sudden it's Mark Wahlberg drinking a uh, Coors Light when the truck crashes in, um, in uh, Transformers 4, I believe was really really bad about that and it's brayton product placement in a thing you already bought but but it's not it's the other way like it's not they're not placing the verizon product in the game the company 
decided they needed some money and they tried they're like we have the avengers ip let's sell as much of this to as many people as possible and in some cases like the gamer isn't even the consumer they're going to get hit with like a battle pass later or whatever sort of microtransactions will keep this thing going and the initial 60 but a bunch of big companies have also bought these exclusives these skins were purchased by these big companies uh, did they pay like half a million dollars knowing that a few people would sign up with Verizon? What's the, yeah. I'm curious what happened there. It's the same, and when there's like six it's of the them. the same reason that Coca-Cola advertises, everyone knows about Coca-Cola, but you have to keep doing it for increased brand recognition and just always stay, you know, well known. Like when you think of soda, that's whether it's your favorite or not, that's where your the brain fact goes, you know, that Sony mobile companies and gum all decided to go with this as one of their marketing things makes me feel like the company making the game reached out instead of the other way around mm -hmm. where like coke didn't go oh mm -hmm. hey we're getting into the game space go reach out to these you know four studios and see if we can get coke ads on the billboards in their game it yeah, feels the fact that there's a bunch of stuff in one game instead of a thing in a bunch yeah. of games. And so it feels like the studio is very much trying to grab some cash or something. The, it's a little... the other thing that sounds weird to the whole thing is that you're talking about skins. Yeah. And so it's like when well, the characters have these skins that are themed towards the other things, it's like, I don't think I've seen that outside of actual, like, hey, like, like I haven't seen that kind of like sponsorship in games and as they're... far as I'm aware. But like, like back in the, with Death Stranding, like they have some very blatant, uh, a very very yeah, blatant yeah, yeah. I mean, they've got monster like, they have all monster over the place. drinks yeah. in there but, but like that is monster drinks in so that's advertising in the game but these skins have nothing to do with and that's the difference the company though. they're like one of the skin sets is like a classic skin set it's og costumes for the characters mm -hmm. whoever has that isn't ever going to be reminded about the phone company that they're paying so it's like the weirdest it's it definitely feels like the it studio is trying to sell like, as much as they could. Yeah, and and I'm thinking like 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 you're right like the like you, you, like the way they advertise the monster is how monster is supposed to be used in real life, and, or mm -hmm. like other places I've seen, like I guess maybe Verizon used before is where they had actual or Apple or like where they had the actual product. Yeah, in it, the, totally in the, different. Yeah. It, and so this case is like this is how do it's you, weird. It's a weird way to. It feels weird. It's it's and really it's not one different thing. and new and it's 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 native product placement versus. Yeah. Um, so is this like, uh, oh here's you're cycling through and it's like oh here's the OG. I don't Thor think you costume, can see them. And then it's branded like in the corner. What no so, I don't think there's any branding of any kind. I think the content is much like a pre-release order where there's like special stuff it's if you pre-order and you have this service or maybe even if you buy it afterwards and you have the service this is what that service will get for you digitally huh. unlocked in the game and i don't think it's even i think it's exclusive hmm. and that's, That'd it's, be really weird. it's weird and it's all these other you know different things i don't know so that's like in multiplayer if it's like if you're running around the multiplayer game like uh uh, like like a battlefield uh, sort of thing, and you look over and you go, oh, they've got um, this like oh they've got a green beret 
skin, oh, that means that they have AT&T as their mobile provider. Is that basically what yeah. it is? Yeah, totally. If you see That's one of the classic bonkers. skins, you'll be like, oh, I can never have that. That person is a Verizon Uses this, user. this or that product. Yeah. And it's not even, yeah, it's not like they're, they've got Verizon stamped on the back of it. That's what I thought. There was, there was some type of subtle no. branding on the actual outfit. Like they were wearing like a, like, okay. So instead of selling the skins silly. to us, they've essentially sold the skins to several different companies. That's weird. And then those companies hopefully are going to profit off of us. It's weird. That's. I'm curious. It's weird. But it, admittedly, I was kind of thinking the same way Randy was where it was like they, they had their own brand of skins. Rather, their own like special skins rather than like hey they they own maybe like the classics skins i kind of can understand why they would do this move though like it's it's new it's, it's a different way to market it, but it, it sounds like they're experimenting yeah but it's the only way you can get the classic skins for like, iron man is by being a verizon user if is that more important enough to the player to actually switch tra- tactics, then that makes their marketing strategy valuable. It's very fishy. Oh, it's on fishy. what this game is going to look like when its full monetization system is in and working. I would say to anybody, hold off and wait till the game comes out. Yeah, I guess if you've got little ones or some younglings, just want to smash stuff mm-hmm. and they don't care about the characters not failing different or game design or the missions being kind of repetitive after like or the game being good basically is what you're it, saying yeah, well, a lot of this stuff mind if it's a trash game doesn't matter when you're 10 in the same way if it's fun like if it's pulling you in and engaging you yeah we did we did play and enjoy a lot of really yeah, and bad that's, games when we, were we get really hoity-toity now and well I'd, I'd never bad. take the fun away yeah. from a nine-year-old me playing those games. Like, yeah, it's a really like Jack and Daxter's not, not not as great as I remember it being. But like, and I remember I had it fun doing it. So. Great because it was fun. I as a kid. I remember it great, but man, when I revisit games, I love vintage games. But boy, most of them don't hold up. Boy, some of them are really yeah. bad. I, I'm a little bit nervous to go back to some of the games of my childhood. It's like, do I actually want to try this? Keep it a happy memory. You, you have to. You have to be able to go back and know that it can't hurt you to do so. Like the way that my brain works is, the ones that I go back and go, wow, this this is not playable anymore. It doesn't take away the enjoyment that I had, and I've made peace with that. Where it's like, yeah. oh no, it was fun. It's not fun now. Thirty mm-hmm. year old me doesn't like it, but that doesn't change the fun I had when I was eight. Yeah. So once you can remedy that, then you can go back to old stuff. But if you go back expecting it to be good, not, not usually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I won't be getting the, Avengers but we, game. we are, we are past yeah. time. You guys have things uh, to sure. do. So I, I won't, so long. I won't hold you guys. Um, Cause that, that sounds like a, a show to me. Um, do you guys have, any other quick thoughts before we go? I'd love to talk about streamers next week. We can get into it. All of the biggest streamers have just like all come back since Mixer went down. Um, we'll get into that next time. Streamer You'll have to uh, send me send me a few, and I'll I'll hit some highlights and get a feel for them because uh, I have. You've probably I heard of all these people. To, I'm maybe Trout, here and there. Like I know, Doctor Disrespect. Yeah, because just because they pushed stuff to the Xbox when Mixer was around, but I've not watched a streamer uh, before in my life. Oh, okay. So, um, yes, I'd, 
I'd love to talk about that. So next time we'll we'll dive into yep. streaming. All about it. Yeah, especially anybody who's listening to this, uh, I would assume you listen to other podcast content or video game content. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and streaming stuff gets pretty close to that in a lot of ways. Hey, if you want us to talk about a streamer in particular, or there's like a small one that you know don't you feel don't doesn't get the love that they deserve, yeah, totally. um, let us know because we do have ways there are ways of contacting us there's tinydogpodcast.com or tinydogpodcastnetwork at outlook.com uh hit us up and we're we're more than happy to to kind of bring people out of the shadows um with what you know what reach we do have yeah um so yeah i'm looking forward to that and we we will still talk about uh the last of us and uh divinity original sin but uh, because of our, our recording schedule uh, being uh, moved around a little bit, the last episode and this one were actually pretty close in recording, so not a lot of time to hit uh, up that sort of yeah, stuff. But it's we, just this weekend. we will get to those. I knew I needed to play it, and I, I, was, I was just feeling fatigued from a lot of screen time. And I was like, okay, I need a break. Like, I need a break. Games are for fun. Just have fun. That's what we're no. here for. We hope you're all having games fun. Are work. <laughs> well well i mean they are for some people that have to make them that, that yeah, would make it work occasionally work they're pretty fun though uh so uh without any further ado i will go ahead and say uh good night from all of us here uh later gamers later adios oh my goodness you guys I'll just pick one and edit the rest out. I know. Keep them all. Keep them all.